eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Queen's an important woman, you see. She's uh, she's the, the the crown jewel of the entire monarchy. Uh, you yeah. bet, you betcha, eh? And I was like, the queen is an eighty-year-old retarded lizard uh, who does nothing and serves no purpose. Um, all right, we want to start this thing up, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kizzle. That's Marcus Parks. With us, oh, from- yeah. oh, 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 it's cold outside. I, I where is my where is my perk? Oh, I can't seem to find it. Uh, well. I guess I didn't have to use old Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I forgot to put a zipper on this. I'm going to have to make a zipper with these teeth. (laughs) Ah, good and warm. But my arms are cold. (laughs) Oh, well, better get back to old Mary. (laughs) Oh, a bit snug. Yeah. That's a bit snug. (laughs) It's not good if you're sewing something, it sounds like a boot walking through slush. (laughs) That tends to mean that you're sewing up human flesh. And of course, we're talking about Ed Gein Part 2. Oh, yeah. So we left off Ed Gein last time uh, at his mother's funeral. A man that is absolutely devastated at the funeral. But as far as the people of Plainfield are concerned, following the funeral... Ed's just fine. Not a whole lot of change in his outward behavior. Still busy in himself with handiwork around town. Mm -hmm. Still babysitting kids. He's just, um, he's a little weird. Mm -hmm. You know, some of Ed is a little weird. Yeah, just a little bit off. He's a bit of I don't know what it is about him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's a bit of an oddball. Augusta is dead. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's But I also find, I want to go back over a bit overview too again about Ed Gein. The more and more I read about it, it's so interesting kind of how mundane it all was Mm -hmm. when it comes to Ed Gein. People are looking for him to be this sort of like homicidal maniac because we're going to go through the details of his crimes. Uh, And and he wasn't. It's like everyone's wish Mm -hmm. he was a a, a mother rapist. (laughs) That's what bothered the people of Plainfield most when all of this stuff came out. When it came out that, you know, he had a box with, you know, more noses than heads in his apartment. You Mm -hmm. know, when it came out that he had gut one of the local leaders of business, they expected him to be just this horrible monster when in reality, it was just old dad right, that had right. like the and you know they do the uh, interviews with people in Plainfield after they caught him and it's just all these old men go oh you know it's normal guy mm-hmm. bit odd 
I mean, just for, a normal guy. For Plainfield, Wisconsin, being quiet, being humble—that's normal. Everyone's crazy behind those bizarre eyes of a lot of the Wisconsin that a lot of Wisconsinites have. Unlike a Richard Ramirez type who wanted to be like the night prowler, he wanted to brand himself as something spectacular. Ed Gein didn't think he was doing anything that wrong. No, no, because he probably had three uncles that had shoes made out of human feet. <laughs> I'm sure he <laughs> you know, did. Who knows? You don't know what they have in each other's in these farmhouses. They're all out there diddling cows, putting dress on them, and saying, "Oh, at least we're married." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You put a cow. You put a cow in a dress. You got yourself a wife. Well, there were the only people that were really uncomfortable in Ed's presence, of course, were women. Right. You know, and while he was never inappropriate with women, he was one of those guys that tended to ogle them a little bit. They talk about how when uh, all the men would gather up, whenever all the men were working together, they'd go and eat at lunch at somebody's house. The Ed would just kind of sit there after everyone else is done and just stare at the women in the kitchen mm. until they noticed him. In which point he would just fucking pick up and leave immediately. And the thing that also disconcerted a lot of the people is that he started switching out his belts for a, a measuring rope. You know, <laughs> right. like you do for like like tailors have. Yeah. Which is really mm. weird because he would just always go up to him and he's like, hey, you want to play soft limbo? He's like, what? <laughs> and then he just wraps the thing around her tits and just goes like, oh, limbo. <laughs> right, That's right. A four, 49 inches. That's Interesting. <laughs> and of course, he was always fish hooking the gals with his finger, putting them in her mouth and holding them up like they were big tuna. And be like, take a picture. Look at the size of this one I got. This is the one that didn't get away. You should have seen the one that did. Size of the boat. <laughs> Anyways, I'll kill her. So he perfected what feminists now call the male gaze. He was very good at the male gaze. Just stare until they get creeped out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Except for there was also another story when he first got arrested that came out about of a, a man who felt very uncomfortable by Ed Gein, uh, a 300-pound Nina Barber who owns a—is that how you pronounce that? Nina. Nina, Wisconsin. Yeah, they yes. make they make a lot of uh, manhole covers. Very successful town. That's sad. 300-pound <laughs> Nina Barber who owns a farm near Slayer Ed Gein's house said the recluse pinched him on the belly once and said he'd be just about right for roasting. Mm. The barber oh. also revealed that though he didn't think too much of the remark at the time. He definitely noticed that Ed had a peculiar look in his eye. Yeah, the headline from that right. story, and that was a headline story. The entire story was about that. The headline was, 300-pound man recalls pinch and remark by Gein. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's kind of a funny little remark. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, you realize how creepy it is. I'm surprised Gein didn't want to make him a couch. That's kind of <laughs> nice. Well, he was a man, and Gein worked exclusively in the medium of middle-aged women. Mm, and to right. be honest, if I had been, if I had a nickel for how many times I've been pinched and told me, and told how good I'd be for roasting. Oh, yeah. I'd have like 45 cents. That's a lot. <laughs> well, one such woman, one such middle-aged woman in particular was the owner of the local tavern, Mary Hogan. Mm. Now, she's now, Mary exactly... Mary Hogan seems like a, a 60-year-old version of Jackie. <laughs> yes, Jackie Zabrowski from the round table. And Henry's sister. Loud, foul-mouthed, drunk all mm. the time, checkered past, or at least rumored to have a checkered past, supposedly been divorced twice, uh -oh. scandalous in the 50s, mm. and she had connections to the Chicago mob and had worked in Chicago, specifically Cicero, as a madam. Mary well, Hogan, strong name for a strong gal. That's right. Yeah, exactly. She was rated to Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and she was the one that gave him his, his, his patented body. Oh, I love that body.
Also, in order to be a Chicago mobster's wife, uh, you have to be able to at least drink nine beers and eat two Chicago buckets of pierogies, which are technically bathtubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make the meatballs right as well. So for Ed, at this point, uh, it's been about eight years since the death of his mother. Mm. And in the interim, he started to lose his grip on reality just a little bit. Right. Now, this is my question. In terms of these next couple of details, I, I think there's still a lot to debate about about whether or not Ed Gein was actually nuts or not. Or if really? he was just really... I know he was... Yes, obviously, he wasn't together. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to be a fucking radiologist anytime soon. <laughs> right, but, right. But he definitely made up some details, I think. But this, this stuff's really interesting because yeah. he began to see... He said that he would walk like outside of his house as and basically during those eight years of isolation, he went totally insane. Yeah. And he said that he saw vultures in the trees staring at him and shit like that. Hundreds of vultures dripping with blood and entrails. You ever been to Plainfield? <laughs> That's all they got over there. They got a bunch of vultures staring uh, down look, at little like Ed Gein's. the Gaines. pigeons are g- getting together again. Is this, so is, do we feed them bread? No, 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 George. You, do, you know what we got to feed them is all these uh, dead rats. <laughs> got to. That's all Plainfield has is vultures and dead rats and Ed Gein's ghost. But he said he would also see faces in leaves and they would start like like, (laughs) 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 which is like not helping somebody's attitude well to be fair (laughs) this is before television really picked up there was a couple of basic channels you had your one twos and threes this was before Mm -hmm. hd he was just trying to entertain himself and really to be in the mind of ed gian that's a hell of a television show. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah, and I wish they, they didn't make Channel 4 the, the thing called uh, Haunted Dreams Made of Broken Glass and Spider's Legs that mm. he also was addicted to. I he love that. watching that show. <laughs> so the other things that he had reported that he started to hear at this time uh, is that he started to hear his mother's voice. Mm. as he was falling asleep at night. And he never exactly said what his mother's voice was telling him because, of course, every time he started to talk about his mother, he started blubbering like a fucking <laughs> child. Yeah. And hey, Ed, you think about cutting out the pussies? <laughs> it's a yeah. fun idea. It's a good idea. No, Mom, I don't want to cut out the pussies, Mom. I think you should. <laughs> and as your mother, I command you to cut out that pussy. All right, I already have nine. Have you ever noticed how sometimes a, a woman's arms and her legs kind of, they look like violin bows? Make <laughs> some of those. That'd be pretty fucking righteous. That's I'm up exciting. here talking with the, well, what's your name, Napoleon? <laughs> ah, it's funny. This guy's funny and he says all this fucked up stuff and I'm laughing and he's eating me out. Things have really changed a lot for me up here, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy Mama Gein has a good time in heaven. There's no doubt about that. And she still encourages crafts, even post-mortem. Oh, oh yeah, That's big arts nice. and crafts woman. Yeah, she was. <laughs> so Mary Hogan, of course, Ed's got his mother screaming in his ears. He's falling asleep at night. And Mary Hogan, she was the exact type of woman that Ed's mother warned him against. Uh, but conversely, she was also a lot like Augusta herself, both very firm women, no-nonsense business owners. Both had thick German accents. Mm. And um, thick German bodies. Yes. Oh, yes. Most importantly, Augusta and Mary Hogan looked a great deal alike. 
and this nothing d- got Ed Gein's fucking basement boiler churning harder than Mary Hogan. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and this duality it caused like a kind of short circuit in Ed's brains because the two were virtual mirror images of each other because he saw his mother as the personification of good and purity in this world. She was dead. The other one, Mary Hogan, evil and lusty, but alive. Mm-hmm. But the, and that was the problem. Yeah, and that the alive part. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got to change that mustache uh, for sure, right? Got a little bit of a mustache. Most likely, yeah. yeah. Got to. I think it's more like potential for mustache because got a big open upper lip. Mm. <laughs> Dying for a mustache. I also I also find this interesting because the psychologists at the time when they were d- working with Ed, they were basically saying that he had this sort of again this duality of like mindset that both like he was obsessed with his mother, he loved his mother to the point of probably ejaculating in his pants, and also hated her viscerally and wanted to kill her. Uh, and I also think it's 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 got a lot to do with the sort of there's a complex that goes on with sort of stereotypical male thinking between like like. Madonna whore thinking mm-hmm. and thinking a woman is either total filth or an angel and she's either a saint or a, somebody who needs to be made into a tuxedo. <laughs> yes, that's right. So despite Ed's uh, conflict, despite the conflicting thoughts that he had in his head, Mary had always been very nice to him. Hmm. She was always very friendly towards him, but Ed didn't have his mother to guide him. Ed didn't have his mother to tell him, get away from her. You hmm. mu-, Because before, uh, Ed, he never went out. When his mother was still alive, he never went to out to have a couple of beers after a long day's work. Uh, so he didn't have his mother to tell him to get away from her immediately. Get out of there. This woman is sin. She is filth. If you stay with her, she will bring you down and rend the, your world asunder. And he had a bit mm. of a crush on Mary and the sexual feelings that Ed had for Mary Hogan would be what would push him over the edge because his mother has his mother told him again and again. Women were sin, and his mother's word was law. Mary had to go. So on December 8th, 1954, Ed put a 32 caliber bullet into Mary's head as she closed up shop, loaded her body into his truck, took her back to the Gein homestead, and when asked what he did with the body, Ed said he strung her up in the summer kitchen, cut up the body, saved some of the parts, and burned the ones that he didn't want. Hmm. Very Native American of him. Yes. <laughs> Except they used all the parts, so I think he you know, he should think about that. Poor Mary yeah. Hogan. I know. Like, I mean, th- this is really like you, you just feel for her so much because she was just a, a body tavern owner in small town Wisconsin. She would have also, been a you good look friend. At, she's staring at somebody like Ed who is this fucking gaunt, weird skeleton man who she's probably just being nice to yeah. because he's hanging around just staring at her all day long, talking about how, her, man, her boobies must hold a lot of wine if they were made into wine sacks. Ooh, <laughs> That's yeah. funny, Ed. Uh, yeah, she was so, just being a good bartender. That's like right. there's that like that regular weirdo who's always lonely that comes to a bar. She was just being a good bartender. Mm-hmm. She got killed for it. Well, technically, yeah. that's me. That's what I've been doing. Oh, just going to a bar and being a lonely weirdo. Yeah, but I'm not. St- I'm not staring. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm writing in my journal with a gigantic quill. That's <laughs> very scary. That- it's very scary looking at chicks' breasts as if they're bags of Franzia. That's not right. That's not right, Henry. I'm surprised he used a gun. 
I really, he seems like a knife guy to me. Oh, no, 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 no. In fact, Ed. He didn't like killing, right? He hated, well, he was, he had no problem killing small critters, like raccoons, possums, things like that. But he couldn't stand the sight of blood. He would Mm. faint, in fact, at the sight of blood. Uh, Mm. And if you say, like, okay, there's these, you know, that's kind of a discrepancy if he butchered these women. uh, But he always maintained that when he was in these sorts of, uh, when he actually killed these women, that he was in a daze, that Mm. he doesn't remember killing or field dressing Mary Hogan at all. And that's a part of why I think his claim, his confessions are dubious. Because he he always brought that up every single time they wanted him to go into the grisly details he'd be like I don't remember that I I know no, I was in a bit of a daze meanwhile right. they're pumping him full of food which we'll talk about because he was just obsessed with food mm-hmm. they kept bringing him pie and and fried chicken and every single thing that a, a Wisconsin mother does to to make her son well insulated mm-hmm. against the winter well right. of course he loved the food he had been eating nothing but pork and beans for literally a decade. Mm. I'm not fucking lying there. That is all he would do. He would just go to a Louise Hill store, load up on pork and beans, go home, heat up the pork and beans on the little range oven that he had, and then just eat it straight out of the can and then throw the can on the floor of his house. Pork and beans. <laughs> pork and beans. <laughs> love some good pork and beans. I think he was eating right. I love. I will eat pork and beans for dinner anytime. Tootie house. It was really just the vessel that he was using to eat them in. The, that was the problem. Just, <laughs> yeah. I think it was the skull. Which is the thing. Is mm-hmm. like, if there's a way to debase pork and beans anymore, it's just eat it out of a human skull. <laughs> or does it elevate it? I'm not really sure anymore because yeah. my my brain is fried. And so, again, so Ed is a product killer, not a process killer. Yes. His whole point is that right. he wants to get to these bodies. But he also barely understands why he wants to get to these bodies. And I think with Mary Hogan specifically, it's it was just way too much. He saw her; she was too perfect. I mean, she had that she had that rock and rectangle body mm. with the head like a turtle with a wig on it, and she, <laughs> that was exactly what he wanted. Oh, I love that a gal with a turtle head with a little blonde wig. <laughs> Snap at me, baby. Uh, and you know, because it's kind of like um, seeing that that prize, prized like like for me. A, a, a tube of Berkshire pork, all riddled with fat and deliciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah, it's it's like maybe tucked away in a in a, in a hidden refrigerator, and that I I know that it's over there, and maybe it's like two hundred dollars of a, a piece of it, and I'll just splurge and I'll get it, or I'll break in the store at night and I'll fucking steal it because it's haunting my dreams. That's what Mary Hogan was to him. Well, you want to pay for it, you don't want to be a thief. He just had a great life. You know when people who lose in the desert and they begin to see the things that they desire everywhere he went. He saw couches, belts, jackets. (laughs) I mean, this guy really had a fun imagination. Yeah, he did. So coincidentally, at around the same time that Mary Hogan disappeared, four other people had gone missing in this area of Wisconsin. Right, which is a lot because, again, there are not many people in Plainfield at this time. Not many there now. Yeah, it's a lot. But Mary's disappearance was lumped in with these other four and nobody, of course, suspected harmless old Ed, who had actually been drinking at Mary's the night of her disappearance. The cops went out and said, hey, Ed, you know, were you at Mary's last night? Like, yeah, I was there. And he's like, well, did you see anything weird now? Like, all right, see you later. See Mm -hmm. you, Ed. Because also, he was really gaunt. 
and really scrawny. But so they were like, that's what we'll see later on too, is that no one believed that he could even commit these crimes because he was so skinny and weak. But actually, he had what we were talking about last last episode. He had that farmer strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he just flopped Mary over like she was a side of beef because that's what she was, <laughs> uh, and dragged her in the car like it was zippity dippity because because he had he had them he had them hay baling hands. Yeah, Deceptively man. strong. And uh, as a side note, Ed would be completely cleared of any involvement with any of the other disappearances. It was like there was some sort of weird vortex going on in Wisconsin in 1954. All right. But not long after, I mean, shit, we joked earlier about Ed making the Mary Hogan jokes. He actually did make Mary Hogan jokes. He's one of the men uh, who employed Ed from time to time. A one Mr. Elmo Uick. Now, that's a classic name. Elmo Uick. Elmo. Now, that'll get you elected mayor in 90% of municipalities (laughs) in Wisconsin. Elmo's a strong name. It sounds like he's born with four strands of hair and never got more than that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why why do you need more than that, Henry? You know, you have to ask yourself that. Uh, man, well, one day, Elmo, he was teasing Ed about Mary. He said, Eddie, if you spent more time courting Mary, she'd be cooking for you instead of missing. And Ed just sort of, he rolled his eyes, he scrunched up his nose, and he said, she's not missing. She's down at the house right now. And for a while, this was... <laughs> that is funny. God, I love Ed. God, Ed keep, keep Eddie around more. <laughs> and for a while, this was Ed's... Favorite joke. Like, you ever right. get that joke that you just want to tell to every single person? Absolutely. Yeah, and he's when he was in the company of others and the subject of Bernice came up, as it often did in Plainfield at the time, Ed would, I mean, he'd get that odd little grin on his face, and he'd just say... She's at the farm right now. I went and got her in my pickup truck and took her home. <laughs> I got her pussy on my cock right now. <laughs> this is, is that great. Where did I put her? I I have her whole vagina inside of my whitey tighties. You know he's a little bit. He's a, he's not my favorite comedian. He's a little blue for me, but he. But you can't deny he's funny. You can't deny it. He is just. He's got a humor. <laughs> <laughs> he lasts a little bit too long in himself, but well, that just kind of gets a little, a little creepy there. But now you can stream the live TV you love for just forty bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. 
It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. And I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer it's, of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. And, you know, and his joke, it'd be met with nervous laughter. Just people right. like, oh, Ed, you know, he's just, you know, he's got his own sense of humor. He's a bit of an oddball. A bit of yeah, an oddball. An oddball. Yeah. Ad it's like when a special needs uh, younger brother says he's going to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> uh, which is a versatile story for me. My little brother still might do it. He, he might. He's not dead yet. Yeah, I just talked to him about it. <laughs> So next year, look out, Packer fans. You got a new head coach coming. So nobody, you know, suspected at all after Ed's jokes just how much truth they'd find in his statement when years later, Mary Hogan's head would be found in a brown paper bag in Ed's kitchen. Years later. Years later. Okay. So that three is three years later. The, so what's on the head? After three years, what do you got? All the meat's gone, right? Uh, it's just the skull at that point. He isn't had it? preserved no. all of them. Yeah, uh, I went. I put a bunch of pictures up of his crime scene photos last night on the on the last podcast Facebook page. And if you notice, it's they become brown, sort of like a George Hamilton or a Chris <laughs> Jenner. Sure, perfectly like 
suntanned. So, Ed, you know, you think he's lonely. You think no one's after Mary Hogan. The only person that ever talked to him was gone forever. Mm. Not true. Ed did have a very, admittedly, very small circle of friends, and they were all teenagers or children. (laughs) But a little after Mary Hogan's disappearance, a rumor started to circulate around Plainfield. Uh, His best friend was a teenager named... Bobby Hill, okay. uh, and Bobby was said to be Ed's only friend, only actual friend, uh, and Bobby had told his parents a disturbing little story. Bob, he hung out with Ed quite a bit. They hunted rabbits. They went to high school football games together, and Bobby was also one of the very few people to ever go inside Ed's house, and on one occasion, Ed allegedly brought out a pair of preserved human heads to yeah. show to Bobby, and when Bob asked where he got them, Ed said that a cousin of his had picked him up in the Philippines during the war, and it brought him back for Ed to have. All so, right. Yeah, but, but it's just so weird, Ed, that um, the... Why are you wearing one? <laughs> well, that's work. what they do in the South Seas. Just having fun in the South Seas. How else are you going to eat your soup if you're not wearing a full human head? <laughs> I don't know. We eat soup a lot, Ed. You're funny. Gosh, gee willikers. Yeah. You want to go play some jacks outside? <laughs> so Bobby Hill is just a teenager. He's hanging out with Ed. Ed's about, what, 42 years old at this point? Maybe a little bit older, 44, something uh, like that? He is, yeah, yeah. He's getting. He's definitely in his 40s. Right, yeah, right, I think, right. Uh, little old Bobby was trying to seduce Ed. It's very <laughs> possible. Put it on Bobby. I had a friend when I was a small child. I had a friend who was in his forties. Yeah, yeah, Clayton. Okay. Do you know. have any repressed memories you want to bring? Not up? at all. Clayton not, was a good guy. I have huh? to say this. Every no, he was a piece of shit. Okay, uh, oh. but he did not molest me. He didn't. Oh, you didn't, he, he, didn't, didn't. he didn't make you uh, play find the rope with him. That's amazing. <laughs> Are you sure he didn't play him? Uh, he he didn't play the game kiss the Clayton with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm a hundred percent sure. I saw my first porno at the age of five. I knew what sex was. Uh-huh. I knew what was weird and what was wasn't. Was it from Clayton? <laughs> no, it was. It was not from Clayton. It was not from Clayton. So at no point did he want you to do the old. Chew the bubble gum between my legs. <laughs> no, all Nothing. I'm saying is that I know what Bobby Hill is all about. All right, I would have been friends with Ed. I would have been friends with the oddball. What does that say about us, Henry? We're normal. Oh, okay. No, you guys are like a couple of my closest friends. Yeah, so I think we're like Ed. <laughs> we're technically like Ed. God damn but it. We're funnier versions. We're funny about it. We're yeah. being funny. So was he. Uh- Ugh. In his he was, way. He was a goof. He was a goof. Yeah. Thing, well, I do like the ideas of Bob and Eddie hanging out, and it's just because it's it's true. It's like Bob as Bobby is this like 1950s like June Cleaver like, oh, right. well, then uh, is then sure is pretty funny, Eddie. And Eddie <laughs> is this bent old fucking pervert who's like, while he's talking to Bobby, he's got his dick through a severed vagina in his pants. Right. <laughs> as they're hanging out. Well, they're sitting there talking about the baseball game and talking about how it's like, I heard they run out of malt at the malt shop. <laughs> they're going to have to change the sign. And he's like, yeah, that is pretty funny. Meanwhile, he's got like cum inside of a hollowed out woman's feet inside yeah. of his fucking garage. You know, just doing different things. Just because you're friends doesn't mean you have to have the same passions. You know, <laughs> that's very important to remember. So when Bob told his parents about the heads. They weren't concerned 
or even surprised. They believed him. You know, people talk about rape culture, and I can understand why they say such things, but really, it's just the culture of corpses in Wisconsin. <laughs> just the comfort of bones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay, he's got... I mean, at no point was this a, a red flag that the man might be doing something completely uh, deplorable. No, they just, said, they just said it's just the sort of thing that oddball's gonna have in his house. It's not. Also, <laughs> it's, oh, it's really not. And also, it's very funny how liberally they use the term oddball in every single documentary and interview about him. I watched right. the old school A&E bio, mm-hmm. I, biography uh, uh, special about Ed Gein. And it's real and good. It, has a lot, it was pretty good. Yeah. And it has a lot of the vintage like interviews from back in the day when the, the day he was caught. And everyone, every single one of them is like, it, it was a bit of an oddball. It, it, he was, how did I put it? Martha, how did you put it? It was an oddball. <laughs> I mean, oddball. It is a bit of an oddball. Jerry Lewis is an oddball. <laughs> you know, Harry Carey, he was kind of an oddball. Yeah, and despite Ed being an oddball, the Hills welcomed him into the home without He's- reservation. And in fact, they invited Ed over to dinner from time to time. And in fact, Ed would be watching I Love Lucy after a meal of pork chops with macaroni and pickles at the Hills house on the night of his capture. Hours after he field dressed his second victim and beheaded her in his cellar. Eddie, I hope I hope everybody likes my, my meal. I, I serve this to people. Basically, it's in order to make people fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's pork and beans. He did a lot pork. of work. He, he was a hard worker all day, and he got rewarded with pork and pickles. <laughs> but I also don't understand about, it's like, great. to me, the concept of oddball and the fact that this was their baseline oddball in Plainfield should have made Plainfield, like, a liberal mecca. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean... He's just, like, a normal run-of-the-mill oddball. People should have just been showing up there after the crime and just being like, this is where our freak flag can fly and just have, like, like have the LGBT community come yeah, in and right. claim it. I mean, I guarantee you the person that they thought was like the strangest guy in Plainfield was the only one who didn't vote for Barry Goldwater. (laughs) They're like, yeah, Barry down the street. He's a commie. No, he's the one gay man who made suits in town. He was who fine. Had, like who had his oldest friend living with him in his cabin. Oh, that was just that was normal for Wisconsin back in the day. Everyone just allowed those things to happen. Oh yeah. Well, there was there was one woman who came over to Eddie's house one day because uh, Ed he had this big house and in a moment I'd say in a moment of near sanity he decided he needed to get the fuck out of there and right. so he talked to uh, a local young couple and he told them like hey why don't we switch houses. You've got this small house. My mom's dead. My brother's dead. My father's dead. Why don't you guys come out? You can live in my house. I can live in your house. It's just a fair swap. So the mm. woman, you know, the wife, she's like, All right, you know what? This, you know, this kind of a, this sounds pretty good. He's got that big house out there. So her and the husband came over and took a little tour and they described, this is disgusting. They described the kitchen floor as slippery with grease. And this is before Airbnb even existed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is a great reality a show. They do yeah, those. Re- you couldn't leave a one-star review if you wanted to. <laughs> no, don't yelp about the Gein house. Have some class. Yeah. Don't leave the review on Airbnb. This is a great reality show. They do the house swap show. Oh yeah. And so you can imagine if you end up with with Ed Gein's home, how exciting that would yeah. be. And yeah, sh- you end up in a house that used to be a former like. Oh look, it was a firehouse. Isn't that funny? Oh, and there's nice. this pole slide, and oh, oh there's big doors. It's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And you end up in the other house, and it's just. Full of 
cut up tits. <laughs> oh, weird. It's a it's a fixer upper. Yeah, and there was even there was a, a dead rat on the floor of his kitchen that he had shot with a twenty two, and he like looked over. He's like, oh, you know, this place is just. Uh, I'm gonna get around to cleaning it one day. Oh, that is classic, Ed. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he the woman actually asked him, was like, hey, Ed, you know, you you keep your heads? Is that the room where you keep your shrunken heads? And he just said, no. They're in this other room over there. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the woman said, oh, you know, people were always kidding with that about things like that. <laughs> it's two classic. and a half bedrooms, two and a half baths. The other half of the other bathroom is just chock full of lady knees. I put them over my knees. <laughs> Double knees. Yeah, that's good. You know, he actually dated a woman very briefly. One woman his entire life. She was named Adeline Watkins. Oh, okay. And papers would later describe her as, quote, severely plain. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. And the How does one be it? Extremely plain. Severely plain. Like, that's aggressively plain. Offensively plain. She was also the most charismatic woman in Plainfield. <laughs> so that'll tell you a little bit about the town. I think that's adorable. Yeah. You, of course Ed's going to be with a plain gal. Oh, you know, she got the khaki pants, the button-down shirt. Yeah. Perfect let's for say, each other. Let's just say she would be the perfect canvas. <laughs> yes, yes. So the pair, uh, their date, their first date, they went into a matinee of It's a Wonderful Life. And isn't it? And and sat next to each other, speechless the entire time. Good uh, date. <laughs> that is very nice. Very respectful of the movie and the cinema. <laughs> and on the next date, she started. They finally started talking, and she and Ed said, "You know, yeah, you know, my mother's my mother's passed on." And Adeline, she confessed she couldn't stand living with her widowed mother. Said she oh, was a huge pain right. in the ass. That's and a, that is that is oh, God. And, Ooh, of course, is, Ed just ended the courtship right then and there. This is a very similar story, though, uh, to when Rocky Balboa began dating uh, his wife in the movies. Oh, Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. They didn't speak very much at all in the beginning. And that is another severely plain woman. Yes, and mm. he is sort of crazy because <laughs> of uh, the boxer brain and the lack of intelligence. I just want to put this out there then. Again, uh, if anybody out there feels lonely and you feel like you won't find that somebody... You can. <laughs> Ed Gein did. BTK was uh, married. All these people found love. Yeah, at one point or, an, or yeah. another. I, I mean, mean, they it, threw it all away with the bad fascination with death and murder. And the murder, yeah. I mean, threw away a lot. Right. Yeah, they didn't turn it into something constructive like a podcast. Ooh, very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And speaking of constructive and speaking of filling your ample amounts of spare time, your days upon hours upon weeks of doing nothing at all, Ed liked to spend his spare time, besides his obvious hobbies, with reading. And in oh. fact, his reading they, uh his IQ was actually uh, pegged as normal bright. Oh, okay. Because his reading comprehension was was huge, and he was a voracious reader. But his reading habits did tend towards the macabre. Right. Uh, they when they went into his house, they found stacks of detective magazines, which brutal, which outlined brutal crimes, and they found adventure books which detailed all sorts of South Seas exploits, yeah. particularly those involving headhunters. Mm. But his favorite stories were about the Nazis. He obsessed over concentration camp guards, specifically ones like Ilse Kuck. Right. She was the bitch of Buchenwald. Now, in order to be called singularly 
the bitch of Buchenwald? <laughs> right. You got to be pretty mean. Oh. You have to be the meanest one. I want to see his television show. Forget Reading Rainbow. Was that LeVar Burton that hosted yeah. that thing? Yeah. yeah that's, I never t- learned nothing. <laughs> if I would have had Ed Gein's uh, book book club, yeah. that would have been great. Yeah, the Ed Gein book club with Eddie Gein yeah. live from uh, Plainfield, Wisconsin. What I like about this book here is it's got this cover of this woman real thick in me. <laughs> Yeah. Real wide in the chest, and she's got a Nazi head on, and I like the angles of it. Hey, you mom. You should read it. <laughs> hey, mom, can dun, I get. Dun, dun. <laughs> can I buy one of these? Can I get one of these Nazi books? Yeah, your father has them upstairs. <laughs> Ilsa, she was accused of collecting human heads mm. and using the skin of her victims uh, for lampshades and book bindings and also delighted in reading books about exhumations and necrophilia like the stories of 19th century aristocrats who robbed graves for their own sexual purposes. <laughs> and I also have an example of one of those stories from uh, Harold Schechter's Deviant. Um which is very interesting about the story of a, a young man named Victor Artisan who was born in 1872 and at the age of 28 after having pursued his perverse activities for more than nine years was caught and convicted when his neighbors complained to the police of a terrible stench emanating from his house. The source of this odor turned out to be the cadaver of a three and a half year old girl that Artisan had brought home from the graveyard a week before and mm. until the body had reached such an advanced state of decay that he no longer ventured to touch it performed cunnilingus on, believing in words of the physician who has examined him that this sort of caress could wake the dead. <laughs> so he, he wouldn't touch it, but he ate it out? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But you know what? All of this stuff, all of this stuff, he did it. Like, he actually, I mean, he read right. this stuff and he followed through. And, in fact, he would say later uh, that we're about to get into his graveyard antics. Mm. Uh, but much like uh, this guy, this necrophiliac, Ed believed that he had the power to raise the dead through sheer willpower. Right. In fact, with every body he exhumed, he tried just that thing. Uh, but, of course, after he failed with that, it was on to the anatomy. He had an extensive collection of anatomy, anatomy books. His uh, favorite was a second-hand copy of Gray's Anatomy that he picked up on one of his vis- visits to Wisconsin Springs. You know that one, Ben? Yeah, it's in Wisconsin. Cool. Yeah. Uh. It's got the spring. But one. It's not a place where big people go to burn in the sun? No, no. Wisconsin Springs. It's not about springs you think like water uh, uh-huh. reservoirs and stuff. It's just springs, mattress springs. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they uh, specialize boingy, in. Boingy, 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 yeah, boingy. Great. Fun oh, town. This is fun. This is fun. Yeah. Well, one story that really caught his eye was the true tale of Christine Jorgensen, which was also a big inspiration for another uh, of my favorite pop culture icons, Ed Wood. Mm. Christine Jorgensen was America's first look at the world of sexual reassignment surgery. Okay. And Ed, since he was a little boy, he'd always wondered what it was like to be a little girl to the the a point to a point of obsession. Never dared tell anyone, uh, but he always he wanted to be a woman. Like right. that was one of his uh, deep desires was to be a woman. It's probably why With- he kept the weight down. <laughs> Got to keep my figure. We talk about this a lot with a lot of serial killers. If there was a way for him to have talked to somebody about these feelings, and again, this is 1950s, nobody wants to talk about sexual reassignment surgery, especially at this point. It's just like, 
what they do for it is they put a hook on the inside of your your own dick, and then they they basically have you they feed it through your urethra until it comes out of your asshole, and then they pull <laughs> it through. Right? Mm, <laughs> yeah. It up. Yeah. Um, so they uh, no one wants to talk about this. So it feels like. When you're a little socially mixed up in a bit of an oddball and you want to be a lady, uh, a, pa- a part of what uh, you get in your head is um, I just make a suit out of one. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it's uh, like if you want to be a businessman, you go to, you go to, you go to, um, whatever. Joseph A. Bank. You kill a, you you kill a, a businessman and you wear his suit. Yeah, yeah you yeah, wear yeah. the businessman. Yeah. Dress for the job you want. I want to be a businessman. Well, you got to go skin one and then you get to be him. Yeah. And okay. Just you showing up at a job interview just covered with bloody loose skin. Yeah. Looks, I'm a businessman. No, 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 no. It's so nice to meet you. Stocks and bonds. Stocks and bonds. Barry Goldstein? Is that your skit? I'm Barry. Yes, I'm Barry. I, oh, oh, I meant to say Barry. Barry Sanderson. What was the name? Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed, he would, and, and that's this is actually a very sad. I mean, it's a lot of different things came together. You know, first of all, he was schizophrenic, highly schizophrenic. Second of all, the horrible uh, abuse that his mother put him through over the years, and third of all, his desire to actually become a woman. All these three things came together, and we joke, but it is true. The only solution he could find was to go to the graveyard Mm -hmm. and dig up middle-aged women and make suits out of them. Right. And this is what he said about how his graveyard antics began. After my mother died, I began to have strange visions. I developed an uncontrollable desire to see a woman's body. I began to visit cemeteries at night when the moon was full. Had an aunt of mine worked up in a lunatic asylum, told me once how patients went wild at this time of the month. I began to watch the papers for obituaries of women. The night after they were buried, I would go to the cemetery and open up their graves. And then I'd just start dancing. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> dance. And it feels alright. This is Ladies Night. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. <laughs> no problem. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah. Very key. You gotta communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like your Captain Kirk and Grammarly is data. And you're kissing a lady on another planet. And data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus me, because I do use Grammarly, but it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank, I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today, right? But Grammarly really does help because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free 
at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Getting engaged is special for so many reasons. Planning the perfect proposal. Oh, I want to do it at the Hindenburg. (laughs) I want to do it at the Hindenburg Memorial. Celebrating your love and looking forward to the rest of your lives. And if you're lucky, it's short. The only part that's not so special, shopping for an engagement ring, if you don't know what you're doing. That's where BlueNile.com comes in, especially if you don't feel like talking to your mother. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with little or no feedback from their mother. With Blue Nile, you can create a brilliant piece at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Why use anything traditional? Blue Nile also offers a diamond price guarantee, which means that they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. And I sent you to Steven, my guy, but you still refuse. And you decide to go with your Blue Nile little thing because, oh, it's got 100% satisfaction guarantee with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And sometimes Steven doesn't answer your calls. And sometimes Steven loses the rings. But that's where you don't understand. Because Steven was there for me when your father wasn't. And honestly, so now is Blue Nile. Because every time I call, they pick up with the 24-7 customer support. And they hear all about my hands hurting. And how I've got, they have to reverse my feet at the doctor. They, they said, and they, but eventually they said it's temporary. They're going to put it back forward. But oh, thank you, Blue Nile, for not picking up, even though I texted my son. Right now, you can get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
So over a five-year period starting in 1947, two years after his mother died, Ed made as many as 40 midnight visits to three local cemeteries, Plainfield, Hancock, and Spiritland, robbing graves at least nine times, uh, leaving the graves afterwards, as Ed would say, in apple pie order. I don't know. I leave my (laughs) apple pies looking like a bit of a mess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all look like the American pie apple pie after the boy had sex with it. Uh, this is the least of his crimes, though. Obviously, killing Mary Hogan is the worst one. Well, killing and, Mary Hogan and, and, and Bernice Warden. And Bernice, yeah. So at this point, he's just a grave robber. And again, I still have a very difficult time understanding the human um, concern for the flesh after we're gone. The squeamishness. Well, you're, you're just looking at where this crime happened and when it happened. When these people heard this information come out that he was he was grave robbing and he was desecrating these corpses people just literally couldn't understand it yeah when you were yeah. i was watching interviews with some of these old people that were dealing with it at the time and they're literally just like he did what what <laughs> yeah <laughs> i uh, i just i don't know even what what yeah he did he had to nibble, nibble, nibble. Like, because there's most of the times this is the first time an 80 year old Wisconsinite has said the word nipple. Absolutely. Yeah. And now he has to say nipple belt. Right. And then put it yeah. on and everything. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people were more concerned with the grave robbing than they were with the murders. Right. The murders, they could understand murder. There had been murder was and death was not a uh, an odd part of life in Wisconsin, no, this was especially a grim in the 1950s. Part of the country. Yeah, this is extremely. It was the great dead heart of Wisconsin for fuck's sake. People would die for no reason. You die. I mean, and death was also a big part of American life at the time. They're not too far out of the Dust Bowl. They're not too far out of the Depression. People starving to death. You know, so death was accepted, but digging up their relatives and making suits out of them too much for them to handle definitely outside the box a (laughs) lot of work too i mean uh he would have to do this over a period of what eight hours or so dig up a grave take out the body and in fact when do it in fact when he was first questioned uh investigators didn't believe him when he said that he had uh dug these out of the graveyard because like they said like henry said he was a small scrawny guy and the soil was very sandy uh, in Plainfield. Mm. So if you tried to dig up a grave, just more and more sand would start coming in, and they f- thought that it was an impossible task for one guy, even if he was strong. I would but- love to see. I mean, Ed Gein, Ed, how'd you get those traps? How'd you get that <laughs> strong back? Well, just- you'd be surprised at just how many muscles you can build just digging up old fat women and snapping their caskets open and dragging their bodies out and then hauling the bodies up towards the ceiling and gutting them like they're a deer. <laughs> well, you know what we're gonna we're gonna go with Billy Blanks's Tybo. That's the, that's the that's the video we're gonna be pushing right now. But I see so- faces in the leaves and they laugh at me and tell me I can't do it. But I said, oh, it's too late. I already did. <laughs> okay, Ed Gein's exercise routine part one. We're gonna shelve it for now. Oh, all the corpses were middle aged. All of them were newly dead, and in some mm. cases, they were women that Ed actually knew. Oh, well, God. he was dogging the obituaries. While he he was reading the obituaries to try picking his perfect ones, each one that basically fit the the same amount of water distribution <laughs> as Augusta. <laughs> Augusta, and but we know- he was also severely conflicted. What they basically it's what he said. He went out about forty times to do it, but only. 
built up the nerve to do it about nine times. Yeah. He would go freak out, come back to his house. Again, he was very conflicted in what he was – he was trying yeah. to chase some form of satisfaction uh, from anything in life, which is a human compulsion. You have to feel satisfied. You have to feel like – you're you're happy and you're do, you're doing something and he he had nothing and so this was the only thing that sort of scratched the void and it's just um it's just pretty gross yeah. if you do dig up a cemetery one out of four times you're in it that's bad <laughs> i would say zero out of four times yeah and he would he would also say much like he said about the murders is that he would be in a daze while he was doing it he said it was some sort of force something right. that he couldn't really control and he said in fact there were a couple times that he snapped out of his days in the middle of robbing a grave hmm. and he would stop he would bury the he would be, pull it, put the grave back he would bury the grave back bury the coffin back and then go back home uh and sometimes he would take a full body uh and then he would get back to the house he would take the parts that he needed for his projects and then he'd go back to the graveyard and he'd replace body parts that he didn't want which is his right. again his perverted way of being respectful he felt that when he was doing that, he was because he would feel really bad. He would like, go back and leave parts again because he was like, I didn't need these. <laughs> right. Don't want to be a greedy Gus. <laughs> no, definitely not. So hopefully he wasn't like 90 percent of the way through the grave uh, robbing when it when he, uh, you know, snapped out of it. Yeah. Oh, no, don't let me snap out of it now. I'm almost done. <laughs> it's kind of like taking a bunch of mushroom, taking a bunch of mushrooms and then two hours in realizing you were supposed to be at work. <laughs> oh, no. So. Ed's moonlight excursions most of the time didn't get as far as the cemetery because mm. during most full moons he wouldn't get any further than his front yard. And for such occasions, Ed had the infamous what cops referred to as the mammary vest. <sighs> What's his, that, Marcus? <laughs> on you his, know when it's he, he, technically the mammary vest for him was so much better than like a wedding tux because right. a wedding tux you can really only wear once. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is something that he made to last. The torso was tanned skin from the upper body of a middle-aged woman complete with breasts and he had attached straps to it so he could fasten it tight to his body. I'm going to say this and I don't want to I don't want to be gross. All right? You know me. I'm a tasteful person. I don't want to be gross. Yes. I saw some pictures of the mammary vest, and I got to say, those are some pretty rockin' boobies. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, pretty, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. Whoever, whoever was the 50-year-old woman he took them from him was stacked like Elvira. <laughs> and, right. Um, it's it's got to be... So he chose right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he wanted to look good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. This is my other question. So he's got the titty vest on. Um, also, which I'm a little upset that he went and got one because I'm forced to wear one oh, on yeah. my body. <laughs> mm -hmm. He put the titty vest on, pulled up the lady leggings made out of lady, put the arm pieces on, had the gloves on, put, stuck some hair in his head. And then what did he do? He danced around in the moonlight with a, with a drum that he made of his own that was made from human skin. He had a human yeah. jawbone, and he'd bang on it, and he'd hoot 
need to holler. What do you and want? And he just had the time of his life. What do you want him to do, Henry? Go ask a boy out to the Sadie Hawkins dance? <laughs> What's he supposed to do? He's that, covered in another he, human being's flesh. What do you, you want him to go get a job at AM Bank? <laughs> I feel like that's what he wanted to do. If only he could have lived normal like that. If only the people of Plainfield could have been a little less judgmental. Well, yeah. you can yeah, judge yeah. him a little bit. Yeah, they could judge him a little bit for he had also face masks that he had uh, made out of he had nine masks made out of human faces. Every right. single one came from the face of a woman whose grave he robbed. Oh. Five were for wearing. Four were for showing. Ed, your your face, your skin looks amazing. Your eyes are so beautiful. There you have Thank no bags. So much. Your I got it from this woman named Estelle. <laughs> oh, <that's crazy. laughs> What's your secret? What is creepy? Because to me, the creepiest factor about wearing a, someone else's face on your face is the stick in the tongue out through the other person's face. Yeah. Going, you got some stamps? <laughs> God, I hate it when you do that. That's yeah. just the fucking mo- grossest sound in the world. The tongue and then the nose being inside the other nose. The whole thing. I'm going to go with the whole thing. The creepiest <laughs> thing is the whole thing. Can well, you imagine just walking up and seeing him do it? Him going like, Oh, I'm a lady. Whoa, 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 I'm a lady. Uh, Talking about a little. What, I'm, oh, you you're just looking for some from some wheat to make some bread. Or, hmm. The strangest. Well, I gotta say, I'm I'm plum embarrassed. <laughs> the strangest thing happened. I went I went to the Gein house to try to get some pork and beans, and then when I got there, all I saw was unbridled joy. It was amazing. <laughs> I gotta say, Martha, uh, a part of me wanted to throw up, and a part of me wanted to be like. That's beautiful. He's a living rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Ed Gein, the living rainbow. So five of these were for wear, and four were stuffed with newspapers and hung on the wall. Some of the faces were almost mummified. Others had been treated with oil and were fairly well preserved. Some, however, were regularly kept in lipstick and were said to be almost lifelike. And that right there, the lipstick on the face mask, that's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre detail right there. Right, that's Because straight. if you guys didn't know, we actually haven't really said this much, uh, is that Ed Gein was the inspiration for Psycho. He was the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He was the inspiration for Buffalo Bill and mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs. Ed Gein really is, could be said, is one of the most important pop culture icons of the 20th century. Of course, Ed of Ge- the mid-20th century. Yeah. And especially in the world of horror. If Ed Gein wouldn't have existed, the world of horror movies as we know it would not exist. And in fact, American cinema probably wouldn't exist in the form that we know it. He was the awkward Elvis Presley of wearing <laughs> somebody else's tits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, Adam Sandler's great movie, Click. Um, that, that was also based on that, that was film and also The it. Notebook. Love which that. What people didn't know was that the original working title for Nicholas Sparks' Notebook was The Notebook parentheses, made from human skin. Made from human skin. I did not know that. That is great to learn. And what follows now is as far as the uh, piece de resistance of the woman suit that Ed had, this is from the Confessions of Ed Gein. Do you have any recollection of taking any female body parts, the vagina specifically, and holding it over your penis to cover your penis? I believe that's true. (laughs) Would you ever put on a pair of women's panties over your body and then put some of these vaginas over your penis? That could be, yeah. That could be. Mm -hmm. Have you ever used the facial skins you took as masks, placing them over your face? 
That I did. And would you wear those faces over a prolonged time? Oh, not too long. I I used to have other things to do. <laughs> Case I'm closed. I'm in the middle of Mass Effect 3. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm trying to get that done. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to... I'm really perfecting my apple pie recipe. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm also... Uh, uh, I'm making a hat out of, <laughs> out of uh, just a bunch of a bunch of hands. It's a fun little hat out of hands. It's a project I'm working on. Did he ever wear their butts, Mr. Gein? No, no, never their butts. I'm not filthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact... Speaking of him thinking things were filthy, he never or said, and I believe him on this one, he said that he never had sexual relations with the bodies because he said they smelled too bad. I disagree with him on that one. Oh, the dead women's, the dead middle-aged women smell too bad to fuck? No, that he didn't do it. Oh, no. Of course he had sex with these bodies. He was wearing their skin. He was wearing their skin, but it wasn't his prerogative to have sex. It wasn't, I mean, technically, yes, he is a necrophiliac, but I don't believe that he ever penetrated any orifices. What's more penetrating than wearing a person? You're inside their skin. Technically not penetrating the orifice. Now we're getting into semantics here. You're getting all (laughs) Lawyery. I'm I'm just saying, if if he didn't have sex with these corpses, I would almost be disappointed in him. This is what everybody's saying. This is why everyone, no one, everybody feels like you, Ben. They all feel like it. I actually truly believe also that he did not fuck them. I think that's how much of a fucking weird dork he was that he didn't fuck them. I think that if he fucked them, that would make him even more of like a jock. I'm saying he fully, he fully fucked them. He was wearing them. He was, he was inside of them like a Russian doll. I mean, technically, Ben, as far as the definition of necrophilia goes, the psychological definition of necrophilia, DSM-4, Yes, Ben, you are correct. Thank you, Marcus. But in the real world, in layman's terms, out out of the hoity-toity ivory tower of academia. I'm going to put it this way. When I wear a leather jacket, do I feel like I'm fucking a cow? No, I don't. But I'm eating a hamburger. Do I feel like? I, yes, I do feel like I'm eating a cow. That's a bad. That's a. Yes, I do sometimes feel like I'm fucking. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. I'm just saying when you're using them like they're the herd of buffalo, mm-hmm. right? They stop being potential girlfriends and they start becoming rolls of fabric. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's you know what I mean? Speaking it was of- only just a matter of time before we started turning them into tents. And uh, and eventually weapons. Yep, selling them at Gander Mountain, the human the human tent made by Ed Gein. And Ed, when asked why he chose women in particular, he said, "The hair, longer hair, seemed to have more value to me. Needed it for my materials." And he also took this from the Headhunter books that he had, uh, in which longer hair was seen to be of more. Value. Did he so? He with was the also killing. He was also killing mommy. That's also the other thing too. He was doing mommy, and he doesn't want to talk about that. He had a hard time dealing with that, and never understood that. He never made the co- the connection, which is why he rotted away in a an institution for the criminally insane for so long. Rotted. Uh, he thrived. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, he, honestly, yeah, he did great. <laughs> that was the best time of his life. Yeah. was living in that hospital. Yeah, the second half of his life. Yeah. I mean, his sunset years. I mean, it's not often that the second half of life is better than the first half. But Ed be Gein, so lucky. <laughs> mm. yep. And this behavior would carry on for years before Ed, or some might say his mother, chose the next victim. 
Well, actually, you know, before we start the next thing, we've been having so much goddamn fun talking about old Eddie Gein. Uh, we've made the episode way too long. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're going to make this a three-parter. Uh, I'm going to tell you this, guys. We, we're just getting to the good shit. Yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. getting to Can't the wait. good shit. I'm so excited <laughs> Yeah, we're just, we're just now getting to the fucking proverbial blood and guts. As a I'm fan gonna, of and, fashion. And, uh, Mary, uh, Mary, who was on the last podcast page a lot, uh, told me a thing uh, that was really funny. You're, you're going to like the, the next episode so much, you're going to be making some bloomer pudding. <laughs> oh, I can't what her wait. father used to, because kids used to call making a woman fucking moist. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you? Moist. Uh, bloomer pudding. I guess nice. I gotta say it's really odd how many weird personal connections we have to Egg Gein. I guess it's just because we know so many people from Wisconsin. Yeah. But it seems like everybody has an Egg Gein story. Doug, uh, the guitarist in the Cowmen, mm -hmm. the band that I'm in, album coming out May 29th. Oh, okay. Good His, plug. Yeah. Nice plug. <laughs> Thank you. His uh, grandparents were married in Wisconsin the day that Ed Gein was caught. Oh. Yeah. My girlfriend, her father, used to drive by Bernie's Warden's Hardware Store once a week on the way to Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and his college friend actually treated Ed Gein at Central State Hospital. That's wow, so look weird. at that. And I have a tattoo of Ed Gein around my butthole with the butthole <laughs> as his mouth. Isn't that great? And the little hat there on top of your butthole. <laughs> well, guys, That's the hair. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Well, well, guys, head on out to uh, cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left uh, to get your last podcast on the left t-shirt. It's $25 domestic, $40 international. Go to iTunes, rate and review. That really helps us out. We were uh, almost in the top 20. Uh, comedy podcast to iTunes yesterday. Uh, so your rates, your reviews really help us to get. Let's get in the fucking top 20, man. Uh, and I would say fucking Heil Gein, man. Heil, oh. sweet, sweet Gein. I want to leave you guys. I want to also read a Geener real quick. Yeah. Um, why did they have to keep the heat on in Ed Gein's house? Why? So the furniture wouldn't get goosebumps. Hey! That is funny. Hey, hey, why did they, why did they, uh, why did they let Ed out of prison on New Year's Eve? Why? Why? So he could dig up a date! <laughs> oh, I got it. That's very good. Thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on CCR. Also, Top at Roundtable, Page 7, and uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. This would be a good one to talk about on Sex and Other Human Activities. Actually, we already have. Yeah, it's there one of the go. other activities. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was yeah. going to say hi to V and to Chris. I miss you guys in Atlanta. Yes. Uh, hail yourselves, everyone. Oh, and uh, by the way, to listener out there in Indiana... Kevin Cleveland is indeed my cousin. Oh. And stop calling him a liar. <laughs> Uh-oh. We got a feud. Hail Satan. Uh, you've always been good to me, and uh, we're going to make a lot of money this year, Satan. Yeah, That's you'll right. see. You'll see, Satan. <laughs> you'll see. Magustalations, everyone. Oh, right. oh yeah, Magustalations. Yeah. yeah. Can't forget Tell that me. Yeah. I love you. All right. Well, I love all of you. Is this a cry for help now? I love all of you, and... and some of you more specifically, I love you the most. All right, someone just message Henry something. <laughs> <laughs> For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. 
Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.